Welcome to Sports with a Cuppa. I'm Jonathan. And let's see what's been going on this week. Um, Spurs finally won a preseason game. Cooper Rush can't lose a regular season game. And Bobby Portis is pretty upset about Draymond Green's punishment. But I want to start first with the Raiders-Chiefs game. First, great game. Back and forth, Raiders showed up ready to go. Derek Carr made some really good throws. That run game, Jacobs, ridiculous. The Chiefs are definitely, they're one of the best teams in football, but they're beatable. They are definitely beatable this year. But it's a close game throughout. I mean, we all saw, a lot of us have seen the game or know the score. Close game throughout, and the game ends because the Raiders receivers ran into each other. That's like the greatest thing ever. <laughs> That's such a like a modern Raiders way to lose. Let's just have our guys run into each other. Pass interference on your own guy. Um, and then Devontae Adams loses his mind. Um, a really ugly scene. I mean, obviously, I can understand why he's upset and frustrated you had a chance to take out one of the best teams in football you you played really well i mean he was burning kansas city's secondary you should have won the game and then you get knocked down by your own guy you know you're running kind of a uh, a go route up the seam your guy's on the inside, and he's running out deep out route. And he chooses the wrong time to go out. Uh, but then you the game ends. You walk off the field, and you shove a photographer. Not because he was in your face snapping pictures. He just was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, it, I wish he would have just had a clear path to the locker room so he could just tear up the locker room in privacy. But unfortunately, this guy just tried to do his job. Not even snapping pictures. He's carrying something else. I don't know what the hell he was carrying. But he just had crossed his path and Devontae just made a really, really big mistake. And since then... Misdemeanor assault charges have been charged against Devante. I have no problem with that. Uh, what he did was very wrong. I, I don't care how apologetic you are. What you did was wrong. Really, really wrong. I understand your frustration. I understand you're really angry. But you can't do that. Yeah, if it had been one thing if he had shoved a teammate... Maybe shoved a chief trying to shake his hand. You know, we're used to that. They almost kind of sign up for that. But you don't shove just a normal guy. Just a normal dude out there. You just don't do that. I mean, he's not going to spend any jail time over this. He'll get... I don't know, it's not going to be whitewashed, but I mean, he'll get settled. 
and he's going to have to be suspended. It's unfortunate. I've never heard anything bad about Devante. Just a bad situation. It's unfortunate. So he will get some kind of punishment. But you know who didn't get any kind of punishment? Draymond Green. Punches his teammate because his teammate is running his mouth. And he gets no punishment. No suspension, no anything. And Bobby Portis tweeted out, or put out there, Hey, I punched my own teammate. I publicly apologized to him and everyone. And I got suspended eight games. I mean, I do find it kind of interesting. The, I don't want to say double standard, but obviously the Warriors value winning over I don't want to say I mean, yeah maybe winning over discipline it's a bad look on them not to punish him it really is because I think if the role was reversed I think they wouldn't have hesitated but to suspend Poole if Poole had punched Steph Curry oh, I mean this dude would have been cut the next day right um, it's unfortunate And they, I mean, honestly, the Warriors, they seem more concerned over figuring out who leaked the video over, hey, your dude just knocked your other dude out. <laughs> and I even read that whoever, like, leaked the video, they only got maybe, at most, like, 10 grand. But, I mean, I get it. You wanted, you wanted to keep that in-house, but... That didn't happen. I think without the video, the non-punishment would have flew. But with that video, with how vicious that video looked, forget it. Like he, We all knew he had to be suspended. And it's not because I wanted to be suspended so the Warriors will drop a game. They're going to win without him. But it's just proper because we, we have precedent. Like Bobby Portis. You know, Latrell Spiro chokes a coach. Good old PJ Carlissimo. Guess I, well, uh, man, I don't think that was a season suspension. I can't remember. I want to say that was at least 50 games. But I mean, like, you, you do stuff at practice and you get suspended. That's conduct detrimental. Like, he has to have some kind of punishment. I mean, they'll probably come out in a day or two and be like, oh, well, we did fine him, and he wasn't allowed to practice. Cue up Iverson. But, I mean, it it is what it is. I mean, it's their call. But obviously, it it pays to be a key player for, for the defending champs. But hey, Spurs won a preseason game, finally, so not everything is about hitting people. So, just I mean, there's not a whole lot to talk about because there's only been a few games. They've been hard to watch, not because I couldn't see them, but the video quality is not great since the Spurs don't broadcast the games. That's another argument. The Houston game was not... 
basketball, so we're not, I'm not even going to bother with that. But since then, there's been some good things. Not great, but good. Um, Malachi, I've been impressed with coming off the bench and hitting shots right away. Um, you could almost see an interest. You could see kind of the fit he could have being a little, being a spark plug off the bench and provide scoring off the bench. Uh, Robbie, Roby. I was pretty impressed with Roby's shooting. Uh, I, I haven't, I don't remember watching him much with OKC. I know he's got some highlights against us, but you know, his mechanics are really good. I think he's a legitimate threat from three. Not going to be a high percentage, nothing crazy, but legitimate pump, pump fake and drive is going to be there for him. And Sohan has, he's not hitting a lot of shots. He's not really scoring much. <laughs> Alright, bum. Bug flew in my face. Uh, but the, the motor is good. The effort level is really good. And then finally, the other night against Utah, we I think we finally saw what I hope is the opening day starting lineup, which was Trey Jones, Devin Vassell, Keldon Johnson, Sohan, and Jakob. I'm not saying the results will be the same, but I think that's the proper lineup they need to have going forward. I thought Primo could have probably challenged for the starting point guard spot, but I can understand why Pop would lean towards Trey Jones, a natural point guard. He's got some years under his belt. He's proven to be able to run the offense, make plays. And he's fantastic driving to the basket. And let's not forget, ACC Defensive Player of the Year. And it was great to see Keldon finally get some playing time. And he looked good. Hitting shots, attacking the basket, taking advantage of matchups. I, I firmly believe we're not going to win a lot of games. I think we'll be lucky to reach 15. But I think we're going to be competitive in a lot of the games. And it's going to be because Keldon's going to take a jump. Devin finally had a really good shooting night. We're going to be competitive. But we'll see. I hope this is the lineup they stick with. But we'll see. they got another game coming up with OKC and then They've got a few days to make final cuts and get ready for Charlotte next Wednesday. They're going to be minus LaMelo Ball, so kind of maybe have a chance to pull one off there. But other than that, you know, they've showed that they can actually put together, I want to say 48 minutes, because it was probably about 40 minutes of really good basketball. But one person, one guy got to acknowledge that I'm super excited to watch play this year. It's going to be in Austin, but I, I watch all air games anyway. Dominic Barlow. If you haven't gone to YouTube and searched his name, there's an interesting video about him and his story. Go watch it. I'm excited about him. I think he's a really interesting prospect. He's come, He comes into the games... Plays hard on defense, has a decent shooting stroke from the outside, 
and he's only 19 years old. Gotta keep your eye on him. Watch the Austin Spurs games. He's going to be fun to watch. Alright, I want to jump back to the NFL because I said the opening, Cooper Rush has not lost a regular season starter. As as a regular season starter. But still not good enough to force a quarterback controversy. But I think the big thing that came out of this game is I, I believe Cooper found his niche. Let me explain. Let me take a sip of water first. Excuse me. Oh. So Cooper Rush was not exciting against the Rams. 10 of 16, 102 yards. No touchdowns. Did lose two fumbles, so he does need to make sure he holds on to the ball. But no interceptions. Again, remember against Washington, he had two bad interceptions that he had called back on defensive penalties, so he got lucky. Here, he wasn't lucky. He was just good enough. The run game, combining for, what, 160 yards-ish? A little more? Now, that's not going to happen every week, of course, but if the run game can really take hold of the offense and allow Cooper Rush to just be a game manager, let him air it out some because he can make that he can make the throws, but asking him to do like what Stafford tried to do against the Cowboys, throw for 42 attempts, 300 yards, you're not going to win games like that. At least not with Cooper Rush. If Cooper Rush throws 40 passes, there's a good chance 10% of those are going to be picked off. But establishing the run game and letting the defense get you short fields on turnovers. Special teams made a huge play against the Rams. If Turpin can finally take one to the house, which he's going to do at some point this season, maybe all he has to do is kind of be that Trent Dofer from the Ravens. Just be a game manager. Just don't make mistakes. You know, if there's a third and five, third and six, and you got to make a throw, be there to make that throw. But for the most part, 20 to 25 attempts, I think, is the max that he needs to touch. And the run game, just take care of the rest and let the defense stifle the other team. We're going to find out just how good this defense is next week against the Eagles. Everybody's on the Hurts bandwagon. They're trying to give him the MVP. Now let's see what happens when he faces this Dallas defense. All right, They just handled the defending champs. Granted, the Rams have not been the same Rams this year. You know, Dial up whatever excuse you want for them. At the end of the day, they're still a really good football team. So, at the very least... This is not a quarterback controversy. 
It's a, it's never going to be. But at least now, if he can just be the game manager and allow Dak to get completely healthy, come back after the Eagles. You, know, you got two really winnable games after the Eagles. You, know, you got Detroit, you got Chicago, before you have Green Bay. Those are two games you want Dak back for. You're going to be facing horrible defenses. Uh, Detroit's got a pretty decent offense. The Cowboys should be able to handle that. So, just get past, you know, give the Eagles everything you got and see what happens. But, again, if you can keep Cooper Rush from around 20 attempts and have that run game get 120, 130 yards couple touchdowns let that defense get the job the rest of the job done for you then you never know you know if you can beat the eagles like 17 13 that's a win doesn't have to be a shootout i think cooper rush can throw in a shootout i just don't know if he's gonna complete many in a shootout and i worry about interceptions because even the fumbles he lost didn't really set them back but interceptions seem to be killers it, they, they really take the wind out of your sails they, they take away confidence in the passing game you get sacked and you lose the ball uh, I mean kind of a not a fluke play but I mean it's not as big a deal as an interception to me but We'll find out Sunday night in prime time. So switch gears real quick because I want to talk Formula One for a few. So last past weekend was the Japanese, sorry, the Japan Grand Prix in Japan. And Max Verstappen clinched the world championship. It, it was never a matter of if, it was always a matter of when. And he clinched, and there's still a few races to go. Texas, Mexico, Brazil, Abu Dhabi. Some people are a little bummed and a little disappointed that the championship's already decided with races to go. I mean, it's not Max and Red Bull's fault. They did exactly what they were supposed to do. They dominated. They didn't make mistakes. Definitely not the ones Ferrari made. Ferrari just kind of showed that they were they're they're back they're competitive they're just not ready yet to com- really compete for the championship yeah uh, Leclerc really needs to mature as a driver the way Max did from last year to this year and limit those off on I want to say on court on track mistakes and Ferrari just Use common sense on the pit wall, please. And then hopefully next year, not only is Ferrari ready to compete, but maybe we get a resurgence from Mercedes and they can compete for wins. Maybe McLaren can re, you know, find something again for Lando. I really thought Lando was going to get his first win this year. I really did. 
a little disappointed, but I mean, really, Max winning the championship early is not the biggest disappointment. The biggest disappointment is losing Daniel Ricardo for next season. That sucks. I mean, everybody likes Daniel Ricardo. Your favorite team can be Red Bull, Alpine, whatever. But you're still a fan of Daniel Ricardo, and it's not gonna. It's gonna suck not seeing him on the on the grid next year. The other thing I wanted to talk about is they talk about how dif- differently Max was racing Leclerc this year, a lot cleaner than the way he raced against Lewis. I think the perfect metaphor that sums up how he raced against Lewis versus how he raced against Leclerc is when he was battling Lewis, one, he was going for his first title, had all the pressure, and it was like, it's like a teenager trying to beat their dad for the first time. You know, you you just so badly want to finally beat him that you're willing to go to that edge. Maybe even a little beyond it. And then he did it. And then this year against Leclerc, who he's known for a very long time, it he it looked like he was more looked like he it was more like he was racing his brother. A little nicer about it, a little friendlier about it. Little little battles here and there. I uh, one of the races earlier this year, I think it was Saudi Arabia, where they had that really weird DRS uh line the front stretch and they had a really fun battle there like that was cool but it was clean so I think that's all that was and yeah there was a lot of noise off the track this year really not a lot of noise off the track but it's still been a really fun season to watch except for when it rains now here's where I got beef Formula One is the absolute pinnacle of motorsports. We can all agree on that. There's no argument there. Driver safety is the top priority. Again, 100% agreement. It needs to be the top priority. But I wonder, how hard is it for the FIA and Formula One to get a hold of a 10-day forecast? Where's the flexibility? I think Daniel Ricardo even just spoke about the start time for the race and how it should be able to be moved. <clears throat> I'm not saying the morning of the race moved the time up. You can't give fans that much short notice. But let's say by Wednesday or Thursday you see, okay, race starts at 2. Let me... Look at one of the thousand weather apps that you can have on your phone. Look at the 10-day forecast, which they have hourly breakdowns. Oh, between 2 and 4, where the race would be running, oh, there's like a 40-50% chance of rain. Hmm. And we're in an area that's known to have a lot of rain showers. Hmm. Oh, but if we look here, between 11 and 2, at worst, 20% chance of rain. Hmm, maybe we should start the race, like, eh, maybe at 11.30. How, how hard is it to make that decision 
a few days before the race, before the weekend even starts. You can make that determination on Thursday. And just tell everybody throughout all the platforms, ESPN who covers the race, Instagram, uh, Twitter, all the billboards around the city and at the track, let people know, hey, the start time for the race Sunday has been moved up due to inclement weather. It's not that hard. And if through all that, someone still misses the race because they didn't know, then you know what? They're probably just an idiot. You've got I mean, the Formula One app. I mean, you've got a hundred ways to let people know that the time has changed. So just do it. And I got so sick and tired during the coverage, the rain delay coverage, of hearing about the the you know the rules and the sporting regulations and all this crap like at the end of the day just use common sense yes top priority needs to be driver safety absolutely these guys risk it all as soon as they fire up that engine but you gotta remember this is a sport a spectator sport at that and a business and the business is racing you got to have a race. Not half the race, not a quarter of the race, not two laps behind a safety car. You have to have a full race. Now, don't get me wrong. I appreciate what they did Saturday. Well, not Saturday. I have a Sunday, early Sunday morning. Getting those laps in, getting about 40 minutes in. We had a couple of decent battles to watch, but for the most part, I mean, if there wasn't much to see, Max won by like 30 seconds. So it wasn't the show we deserved. Had a really great track. Now, 20 years ago, I was a huge NASCAR fan. Big Tony Stewart guy. NASCAR did everything right. They were all about the show. If it's raining, we'll wait all damn day to get this race in. We don't care. If we have to, we will race tomorrow morning. Now, I know Formula One diehards and people or people in Formula One, they're going to be like, oh, what the logistics of moving all the teams and this and that. Like, don't give me that crap. I'm sorry, but this country waits all year for this one race and then you don't race. And all you can say is, sorry. Come on, man. Race Monday morning and then just get everybody out of there and get to the next track. I don't 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 cry to me about logistics. I just I don't care. I really don't. I rather see a good race and good conditions because I'll tell you right now, a race in good conditions is going to be safer for the drivers. So, the lack of flexibility with them is unbelievable. And then on top of that, where's the technology? You know, the, okay, it rains. Okay, can't help that. That's nature. But then you leave it up to nature to dry the track. At best, like in Singapore, like three guys with a broom and a squeegee in one part of the track. Like NASCAR had trucks with 
freaking jet dryers and air blowers. Like, where are those trucks? How hard is it to have every track with those trucks? Why isn't every track required to have lights just in case you run into nighttime? Where's the common sense? How hard is it? All the technology available to you, all the money available to you. You have some of the brightest minds in motorsports. And y'all can't solve the rain problem <laughs> that NASCAR figured out 20 years ago. Ugh. That's just me as a fan. Just wanting to see a full race. In good conditions. Now, qualifying in conditions... That's another story. That's another discussion. I don't know if the start time for that should be played with. That's another debate to have. But right now, when it comes to the full race, to the real show, they need to do everything they can to get the full show in. Not in porkins. I'm not saying throw wet tires on and just go. I'm saying... Look at a damn radar. Not the day of the race. Not the day before. A week before. You should be able to make a good call days before the damn weekend starts. It's not that hard. It really isn't. <sighs> I think that'll do it for this episode and my rant thanks for listening follow the show on twitter I think, uh, swack official podcast the capital swac and i will catch y'all next week <laughs>